Welcome to Ordinary Fellowship, a podcast inspired by the Puritan practice of godly conference or spiritual conversations among believers. These spiritual conversations offer practical spiritual help for Christian living. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. I'm Jeremy Lee, and with me is my co-host and friend, at least for now, (laughs) Matthew McLaughlin. Hey, Jeremy. Hello. It's good to see you again this week. I understand. (laughs) I won't throw you under the bus. That's good. Good good not throwing under the bus. (laughs) So we're here today to uh, talk about the Psalms. We're having this discussion primarily because I've been reading the Psalms through this year. I normally read through the Bible in a year. When I do that, though, you know, you read three or four chapters a day. When you're reading through the historical books and, and the prophets, that works pretty well because you can, you know, you can, it's fast reading. <laughs> but, uh, but you can get the main ideas and, and meditate on those ideas throughout the day and think about it and understand what you're reading. But the Psalms were always a very difficult place for me. Um, because each psalm has its own theme and ideas and to read and then the Bible reading that I do, when you get to the Psalms you have to read five a day. Even when Psalm one nineteen is on the list, you still have to read five five Psalms that day. So you're really reading through the Psalms quickly. Um, so you really just skim the surface. When you're reading the Bible through in a year, and I've always so I've always struggled with really understanding the Psalms to any depth. So I decided this year that I was going to buy a Psalm journal um, and work my way through the Psalms, doing one Psalm a day, and then I'd read through it twice. I'm almost finished with the one time through. Uh, and the next time I read through, um, in a couple days, um, when I start in a couple days, I'm going to read through with uh, Matthew Henry's commentary on the Psalms to help me understand. Because, you know, so I spend 15 to 30 minutes on each Psalm, depending on the length and time that I have. I spend that, that amount of time on it, but there's still some times when I'm not understanding the Hebrew imagery and things like that, um, so it will be helpful to read with a commentary on alongside so I can understand better um, um, the metaphors and things like that that I m- may have not gotten the first time. So um, I decided to uh, get a psalm journal. I used a ESV illuminated psalm journal. There's a, another psalm journal from ESV as well that's not as pretty or decorated as nice Um, and then the ESV they also have a psalter where it's 
It's just the Psalms. It's in a nice cover. It's a pretty nice addition. Um, those are all good uh, ways to work your way through the Psalms. Um, I mean, you don't even have to do that. You could just use your regular Bible and work your way through it. But for me, I don't like to write in my books. Uh, so to have a Psalm journal where there's space to write, and that's the intention of it, is a, a little easier for me to get over my hang-ups of writing in a book. So I went with the Psalm journal, and uh, it's been very helpful. It's, you know, I read a Psalm and think, that that Psalm is just so awesome. And, and so it's been a good journey through the Psalms. I've understood it, the Psalms, better than I ever have uh, throughout the many times that I've read the Bible through, um, this has really been a good thing for me uh, to read through the Psalms. And so hopefully, um, not only will you learn a few things about the Psalms today, but we might encourage you uh, to make that plan. In fact, um, today is the first day of July when we're recording this. Uh, you'll hear this a few days, a few days after the um, first of July. Uh, you still have plenty of time to re go get a psalm journal and uh, read through the psalms one a day for the rest of the year, and you'll get through it in plenty of time. And by the way, Psalm 119 I also didn't read in one day. I divided that up into sec um, you know how it's divided by the Hebrew alphabet. Yeah. So I read three sections of Psalm 119 every day, which amounted to like 28 to 30 verses, I believe. So um, I did that. So it so even Psalm 119 was more manageable because of the way I read that. So there's like I said, there's still plenty of time if you want to read through the Psalms slowly and try to understand them. Um, there's still plenty of time to do that, and you could get through it by the end of the year. So, um, and you can also wait till next year, put a psalm journal on your Christmas list, and uh, and start at the beginning of the year and read through it twice. If you read through it twice, you'll still have some time left over. Uh, maybe read through the psalm or Proverbs in a month or something like that to make up the time. But anyway, we're that's what I've done through this year. That's where I've been. Um, meditating on God's Word, thinking through the Psalms, and enjoying uh, enjoying the Psalter. Yeah, reading through the Psalms is a good exercise that we would encourage everybody to do at least once in their lifetime, to just spend the time in the just the Psalms and let them get down deep into your soul and let them minister to you. We'll talk about it more in a little bit, but just to understand the purpose behind the Psalms. And when we begin to understand the purpose of the Psalms, then we see why they are so valuable a resource to us. So with our introduction done, let's start with the first question, Jeremy. What Those 150 Psalms, what are they? What's their purpose? Is there a way that we can categorize them or divide them? Or how should we think through them? 
So um, I'll answer the purpose question first. Um, I think Psalm 34 really expresses well the intention of the book of Psalms. Psalm 34, uh, verses 1 through 3, says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. So these these first three verses of Psalm 34 explain uh, the whole purpose of the book of Psalms. What David is is saying here is he he wants others to join him in his praise. So the purpose of the book of Psalms is so that others would join in his praise and lament so that God is glorified. That's what David wants us to do. That's what I think David is a human author of most of the Psalms. God, of course, is inspiring these Psalms. That's what God wants us to do with these Psalms. The point of them is to join in praise and lament and bring glory and honor to Christ. And that brings up the next question, how do you categorize them? Now, um, there are, if you want to get technical, uh, there are uh, several genres of psalms, but I think it's best, especially for some for lay people, to just focus on the main two kinds of psalms: psalms of praise and psalms of lament. Psalms of praise. There, there are two kinds of psalms of praise. One kind is where they praise God for who He is. So it, they focus heavily on his attributes, uh, like God's wisdom and grace and uh, his mercy, his omnipresence and his omnipotence, all those kinds of things. That's a, a psalm of praise that focuses on who God is, would focus on all these things. Then there are also psalms who that praise God for what he's done. Uh, so they would talk about God's acts in history, and often in the book of uh, Psalms, the acts that are being spoken about are God's work of creation, God's providence, uh, God's work in redeeming Israel from Egypt and being with them through the wilderness wanderings. Um, so all, all of those things are included. So as an aside, this is... It's good to have a knowledge of the Hebrew Bible, uh, the, the historical books, because a lot of the poetic imagery and things like that come from the other, the other books in the Hebrew Bible. So there's, those are the kinds of praise psalms that there are, and there are many of them. Um, and the point is to join in praising God. And there, there's, so anyway, before I get too far off path, there are also psalms of lament. And these psalms are 
crying out to God because of some type of affliction, some kind of trouble in the life of David or Asaph or whoever whoever the psalm writer happens to be. And in this psalm, they will cry out to God asking for help. They will explain what the problem is, and that's called a complaint. And that, when I say complain, it's not grumbling and griping like we would normally think, but complaint is just explaining to God what the problem is. And the Psalms do that. And so uh, they really invite us to praise God and bring all of our trials and temptations to the Lord for him to answer and help. So even even if we divide them simply like that between praise and lament, there there's plenty of places for us to go in the Psalms for whatever our hearts may need that day. Um, so the purpose is that we would join God's people in praise and lament, and it's not it, the Psalms are for God's people. You can see from the Psalms, they're very evangelistic, very mission-oriented. Um, psalm 67 is often thought of as a missionary, rightly so, a missionary psalm. Um, but Psalm 65, Psalm 66, Psalm uh, 68, and I think Psalm 69 are all focused on the world joining in the praise of God. So it's not just inviting God's people to as God's people to come praise, but it's inviting others to join in and become part of God's people and join in that praise as well. So they're very, they're very evangelistic and mission oriented often, and so it's it's that's what the psalmist wants. That's of course that's also what Christ wants is for people to worship Him, and the Psalms are encouraging joining in that worship of God. Yeah, I think another if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I think another way to look at the purpose of the Psalms is if you go to the Westminster Shorter Catechism, the first question, which almost everybody's heard at least once in their lifetime, what is the chief end of man? And the answer is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. I think the Psalms demonstrate in written form what that looks like because you understand who God is and you can't glorify God if you don't know who he is and you also can't rightly enjoy him forever unless you see his works and see how he acts and moves throughout history and what he's seeking to accomplish and at the same time the only way I can enjoy him is if I understand that he's desires to heal, as Jeremy said, my complaints, that he's not, he's not a benevolent dictator who doesn't want to hear anything negative. Right. He wants to hear, he wants to, us to express the full range of emotion, but that ultimately in that emotion, our, our, our natural recourse is that we continually trust him. We trust him and we praise him no matter what our circumstances give give to us. And so therefore when I do that, therefore I can rightly enjoy him forever because I am glorifying him. 
So there's there's also um, so in the lament psalms, usually they start out with trouble, and and the psalmist wavering, but by the end they their faith is strong and they're confident in the Lord. There is one psalm that that doesn't happen. It's very dark. Psalm eighty eight is is that psalm. It's dark throughout. In fact, that's one of the key terms in the in the psalm is dark and darkness. Um, so most of them end on a on a note of faith, but in Psalm eighty eight, you don't you don't even have <laughs> that note of faith. Uh, it's it's a hard psalm, but you know life isn't pretty all the time. Um, so w- the reason we don't go around smiling and happy all the time is because sometimes life stinks. It's hard, and so there there's psalms of praise for when things are going well, and there's psalms of lament for when things aren't going well, uh, and that they're they will they're. They're good for your soul at the appropriate time when you need it. Right. I think that is the key thing for us to understand when it comes to us thinking through the Psalms. So that explains, hopefully, simply explains the purpose of the Psalms. So now that we've talked about the purpose, what are some ways in which the Psalms create interaction. So as an example, there's a whole set of psalms that are called, um, I'm going to forget the terms, but the point of the psalms is they were the psalms that were sung as they marched up to Jerusalem to all the festivals. So that's one use of the psalm. So what are some of the uses that we have for the psalms? It's, you're looking for psalms of ascent. ascent. Yeah. Or the old word is psalms of degrees. Right. But... Thank you for helping my brain out. <laughs> so, so that, so that's that's a purpose. That's a use of the psalms. So, how are the psalms useful for us? Besides, besides the fact that we understand their purposes, how else can they, how else are they helpful for us? Um, well, you can literally if you need to understand them, okay. But you can literally use them to pray. Um. Psalm 51 is a song of penitence, a psalm of confession. Um, if you need to confess sin, that's, that's a great place to go. Um, and I think it's good to use the psalms for prayer and praise, because while, yes, prayer needs to come from our heart, but we need to pray biblically informed prayers, and so using the psalms in that manner to pray the psalms will help us to pray and praise in biblically informed ways. Um, I don't know if this is exactly what you have in mind, but another way is we sing these psalms. Um, Throughout church history, there have been debates about we think the worship wars are a new thing for our current generation, uh, but they've been going on since uh, the since the church has been singing, which it has been singing since the beginning. Uh, we've had 
uh, disagreements about singing and how to do that and all those kind of things. Um, and one of the discussions has been whether we we should sing exclusively the Psalms or we're, it's a, is it okay to have other poetic Psalms um, that are not songs, not from the Psalms. Um, but the sad thing is we've gotten an we've gotten to the point in Christianity now that we don't even think about singing the Psalms. And for someone, to, in many places, if you were to say, we need to sing more Psalms, there would not even be a comprehension that anybody has ever done that before, and it wouldn't even compute. Um, so we've gone from one extreme where Psalms were the only thing that you're allowed to sing to not even having a clue that anybody ever sang a psalm before. Um, I don't believe that you have to exclusively sing psalms, but I think we need to get away from this not even having a clue and, and sing some psalms, at least sing some of them. Um, I'm thankful that our church makes an effort to sing psalms um, because... You know, we just talked about the purpose of them. <laughs> the point is to bring people to praise, and they're they're perfect at that. And in fact, one of the things that I used uh, to help me understand the Psalms one time is a copy of the of a Psalter that I have. It's they it's a translation, but it's more simplistic than the Psalms are. Um, and sometimes it helped me to get the main idea of the psalm without having to dig out a commentary and look in depth. So um, they can be helpful in that way too. And I have a friend who uh, does hold to exclusive psalmody. And uh, I always was amazed with him that you could mention the psalm, he'd stop, think of a melody, and he could sing the psalm. Uh, because he had sung it so long, he had these psalms memorized. That, that to me, is a huge point of we need to be singing these things so that we have have these in our hearts. So there's lots of things that can be said about uh, the singing of psalms uh, that are commendable. And and really, singing psalms is is really the same as praying psalms. Uh, it's just different, different mode of speaking them. I, yeah, I think that's good. Prayer good and praise, or prayer and lament, aren't really two different things. One has music, and the other doesn't. Right. Yeah, I mean, so if you're interested, we use them at, like Jeremy said, we use them here. And one of the resources that we use is there's a guy you can go on the internet and find him on Spotify, on YouTube, named The Corner Room. He takes the psalms, he sets them to new mu- to new music that's more contemporary than the old Psalter is, if that's something you're interested in. But that would be a way for you to listen to and learn to sing the psalms. And an encouragement would be, you know, just in your devotions, in your time with God, your quiet time alone, you can just listen to one of these psalms and, and use it to meditate because, as Jeremy was already talking about, if I spend time with the psalm and music, I it, it's easier for me to remember it and to meditate on it and think about it because the tune sticks in my head and then I can kind of 
it's just easier in the course of the day for me to remember it because it's musical. So that so we can pray the psalms, we can sing the psalms. Another thing we can, another purpose we can use for the psalms is just generally we can use the psalms to begin to craft a biography of God to understand who God is because the psalms, as Jeremy already said in their purposes, they describe God. They give us his attributes, they give us his character, so we can begin to like compile what this looks like so that we have a picture of who God is. That's another one of the uses of the Psalms. And it, you know, what they're doing often in the Psalms is interpreting the events of uh, history in the Old Testament. They're, they're interpreting them so that they're, so they're more abstract so that you can apply them to other situations Mm -hmm. and so they're very helpful even in understanding the old testament and how what it means and applying it to our lives so psalms the psalms are very very beneficial um to to your soul and bringing joy to your heart uh, and encouraging your faith, uh, but they're also encouraging in your knowledge as well. No, knowing God, knowing who He is and what He's done, and and understanding uh, the Old Testament scriptures more. Yes. So we've talked about the purpose. We've talked about some of the uses. But let's ask another question. So, what are some of the challenges that we have to walk through as we read the Psalms. Um, wow, uh, there's many. Um, probably the the chief challenge is it's written in Hebrew. Thankfully, we have good English translations. Um, but I've already mentioned one of the challenges is that the imagery that they use is from the Hebrew Bible, so the history of Israel. And if you're unfamiliar with the history of Israel, it's, it's going to be difficult to understand uh, the psalm itself, right? It, the, so you, you need to have an understanding of the Bible when you come to psalms, the Old Testament in particular. Um, the other issue is there their imagery, their metaphors come from everyday life in ancient Israel. Um, most people today are not scholars of ancient Israel, uh, so there's going to be weird things in them. I immediately, I immediately think of the Song of Solomon, uh, where it says something about your her teeth are like um, white goats on the side of a mountain or something like that. And we read that and go, uh, that's not very complimentary. <laughs> um, and, and so, so there's issues there. That, that's why it's good to have a commentary to help you um, for both issues, both the fact that there's a lot of history from the, from the Old Testament um, and because the imagery is something that we're not used to. Uh, we're not shepherds, and that, that's just one aspect uh, that we need to, 
we need to understand. So it's it can be tricky, and that's why you need you might need some help. And Matthew Henry's commentary is available online for free, um, and it's very good. Uh, he always he explains it very good application. Uh, it will be beneficial to you. Um, Charles Spurgeon uh, has a three-volume work called The Treasury of David. Um, it, it's it's something else. I mean, it's it's going to take you in depth. It usually goes verse by verse and sometimes word by word. Um, that's also available online for free. Um, I would recommend those. There's other there's other good works. James Montgomery Boyce has a, a multi-volume commentary on Psalms, and it when I say a commentary, it's not academic. Mm-hmm. Um, James Boyce is a is a great preacher. He's great at explaining uh, the truth. So those those three would probably be the top things I recommend if you're going to use a commentary. Matthew Henry, um, Charles Spurgeon, and James Montgomery Boyce. John Gill, I've not used his commentary on Psalms, but John Gill's always good. He tends to dive into the uh, Hebrew words and talk about the Semitic languages and things like that, so sometimes he goes a little overboard with that. And it can be difficult, but he's he's generally good. Yeah. So we've talked about the purposes. We've talked about some of the uses. We've talked about some of the challenges. As we kind of come to the end of this episode, what else do we need to know, Jeremy? Well, um, I'd like to mention um, you talked about knowing God. There's two main themes that I think that really point to that. One is the the steadfast love of God. That those terms are constantly used in Psalm. In fact, Psalm 136 it I'll just read the first verse. It says, "Give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever." And this whole psalm is there's a line and then it says for a steadfast love endures forever. And then there's another line, for a steadfast love endures forever. I think the psalmist is trying to tell something, tell us something there by the repetition, namely that God's steadfast love endures forever. So this is it's a theme of 136, but it's a theme throughout the Psalms. You see it again and again and again, the steadfast love of the Lord. And I believe, if I remember correctly, that the this is the uh, Hebrew word "hesed" that underlines that underlies the translation "steadfast love," and it has to do with God's covenant love, His special love for His people. Um, and I really like the um, translation "steadfast love" because it speaks of a love that doesn't give up. No matter, and and some of the Psalms talk about how bad God's people can be, and yet God's steadfast love endured. God was faithful, is faithful to all of his covenant promises. And you see this time and time again in the Psalms. You 
You don't get very far in the Psalter before you start hearing about the steadfast love of God. And um, so there's there's lots of Psalms. I listed Psalm 36, Psalm 106 through 108, all mention God's steadfast love. Psalm 115, 117, 118, all focus on God's steadfast love. And there's others too that may that may not be the focal point, but it's the least mentioned. So that theme is very important in Psalms. The other thing is um, continually you'll see God, one of the metaphors that um, they use for God is they call him a rock, a fortress, and a refuge again and again. Um, Psalm 62 uses these terms, if I can find it. Psalm 62, um, in the first few verses, it says, For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation. My fortress, I shall not be greatly shaken. So that one mentions that he's rock and a fortress, but God is a refuge is mentioned over and over again in Psalms. And there's some Psalms that that's the whole theme, that God is the refuge. So these are very important metaphors in Psalm. That God is a rock has to do with uh, his stability, uh, the fact that he never changes, he's constant. So it's some someone you can always rely on uh, no matter what. So God is a rock. Um, talks about God being a fortress. A fortress is a defensive structure um, to defend you against enemies. And we have enemies, the devil, the world, and even our own flesh. And so God is the place to which we go. He's our fortress to guard us against these enemies, and we re- we retreat to him uh, when we need when we need someone for a defense. And then refuge comes from this. This is a reference to the city of refuges. City of refuges. Help me out here, Matthew. City of refuge. Cities of refuge. I can't speak. <laughs> Anyways, uh, when Israel was coming into the promised land, God told them that they had to have cities of refuge. Uh, There were six cities of refuge altogether. And the point of these cities was that if someone killed another person accidentally, he could flee to this city to find refuge. Because the rule was is that if, if someone killed your family you were to avenge them by killing that person. But in the in the case where it's accidental, uh, they had a place to go so they could have a hearing before the priest to determine whether the killing was accidental or purposeful. If it was found to be purposeful, they'd be handed over to the avenger and put to death. If the killing was accidental, they would be protected it, and the avenger wouldn't be allowed to kill him. So the the idea in the Psalms of this refuge, God being our refuge, is guilty people running to God, finding a just judge 
who will keep us safe um, and make the right decision about our guilt. And that psalm, the refuge theme is constant throughout uh, throughout the psalms. And there's even some psalms that that's, that's the whole metaphor behind the entire psalm, that God is a refuge. And so that the psalms talk about God being a rock, God being a fortress, God being refuge. They talk about that over and over and over again. And um, they're, they're very encouraging and comforting metaphors to meditate on and think on. And even if you don't memorize an entire psalm, uh, you can remember that God is our rock, our fortress, and our refuge. And if you read the psalms, you will remember it because you'll hear it over and over again. (laughs) This is a true statement. So our encouragement to you as we close today is simply this. Spend time in the psalms, for in the psalms you will find both praise and lament. You will find a psalm that speaks to your heart and will minister to your soul in whatever place you find yourselves. So so pray the psalms, sing the psalms, understand the psalms, read the psalms. But for now, we thank you for listening to this episode of Ordinary Fellowship, a podcast ministry of Two Rivers Community Church. For more information about Two Rivers, you can find it on our website at www.tworiverscc.org. We look forward to your questions, your comments, and even that dreaded hate mail at OrdinaryFellowship at gmail.com. Please follow us on Facebook at Ordinary Fellowship and like and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you listen to us on. But for now, we thank you for listening to this episode of Ordinary Fellowship, where we are striving to have spiritual conversations for practical Christian living.